Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a joyous New Year. And in this season where words like peace, hope, and love are common, Pastor Sean has a special message for you on joy and where and how to find it. You may not have to look very far. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message and sermon notes all available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry with your end-of-year giving, then please do. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of his Christmas message on joy. Pastor Sean is in Luke chapter 2 and all over the New Testament. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Think about things that bring you joy. You ever gone into a beautiful setting and just like come over the kind of the ridge of, on a road and you see this incredible view and it's just like you want to stop and just take it in and it brings you joy just looking at it? Jesus made that. He sees that stuff all the time, all over the world. The things that give us joy, he's more full, more experienced. It's, he's more engaged in them. Jesus is filled with joy. And he said, I want to fill you with my joy. The secret to finding my joy is letting him fill me with his. Now in John 15, he gives us several powerful keys to joy. And I want us to look at those real quickly. Number one, joy is found in connection. That's the whole abide thing. The same way a branch is connected to the vine, and apart from that vine, it just kind of withers and dies. Our joy, our life is found in connection with him. And what I want you to hear is this, okay? Not circumstance. The reading that Lauren did before, uh, beautifully done. Ryan wrote that. I just thought he did a superb job. Uh, he did a great job just talking about that this idea we get so, we get so confused. Difference between happiness and joy. There's what I would call connected joy which is what Jesus is talking about, versus contingent joy. That's happiness, and it's contingent on something else. Contingent joy is joy that happens when something else falls into place. Let me ask you a question. How many of you right now have situations in your life that you would say, I am not happy with? Okay? Is there anyone in this room that has no situation that you're not happy with? Looking, searching. You might be saying, I'm just too embarrassed. It's so great to be me. I am embarrassed right now to raise my hand. Okay, that, might, that may be you, all right? <laughs> Thank you for your taste and your discretion. <laughs> no, all, most, all of us. Yeah, there's things I'm not happy about. In fact, there's a whole lot of people right now who have a majority of things in their life they're not happy about. They may not be happy with where their relationships are, their work, all kinds of things in our lives that we're unhappy with. What I think Jesus is trying to tell us and what this idea of joy being, being connected to and found in connection is that that happiness or lack of happiness has absolutely nothing to do with my joy. My joy is rooted and comes from another place and it is untouchable by circumstance. Ooh, that's good. Circumstance cannot touch the source and the flow and the 
place that my joy comes from. Some of you right now need to let that settle deep in your spirit. Because honestly, by any objective standard, you're in some tough circumstances. And we're not talking denial here. We're not talking about rose-colored glasses. We're talking about a difference in understanding the difference between happiness and joy. I can be unhappy with multiple situations in my life and still be full of joy. In fact, I have been many times in my life where lots of things I was unhappy with, but yet I was still filled with joy. I was still filled with joy. And it's because joy is found in connection with him. See, that's where it starts. That's the way you use the word abide. Abide, live in me. It begins with connection in him. Philippians 4, uh, 4 and 5, Paul said this, rejoice in the Lord always. In other words, declare joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I mean, you, you realize that those are all related. It's like, why, do you, why is he talking? He says rejoice. Why you let your gentleness? Because what happens when I'm not rejoicing, when I'm not happy with circumstances? I can become very um, forceful or non-gentle. I can become very unhappy. And I can start pushing and start. And he's like, stop, stop. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Yes, always. Paul, don't you know you should never say always? Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and break that rule. Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, you didn't hear it. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. No matter, and, and that always is the key here. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what's happening with the finances, no matter what's happening with the job, no matter what's happen, happening in the marriage, rejoice and let your gentleness, your gentleness be known to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. He's not saying there aren't tough situations. He's just saying the Lord is near. Joy is found in that connection. Rejoice in him. Psalm 1611 says, you've made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, the psalmist writes, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. Remember when Paul wrote about the fruit of the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy. Do you realize? Okay, let's stop at joy. That's, people are just quoting. Are there are homeschoolers in here. That was offsides. I'm sorry. The fruit of the Spirit, what that means is we become a follower of Jesus Christ. We are filled with his Spirit. My sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus pays the penalty for my sins. I am set free in him. What happens is now I am filled with God's spirit. You know what that means? I am filled with joy. I am filled with joy. Yeah, does that mean life always goes great and every situation is a happy situation? No, it doesn't. But what it also means is it doesn't matter because that has nothing to do with my joy. I can be unhappy with things and filled with joy. And I've actually experienced that a number of times in life where I'm unhappy with things, but I recognize, yeah, but God is here. Yeah, but God is on the throne. Yeah, but he's got my life. He's got my future. I'm going to be okay because of him. We're going to be okay. Laura and I are going to be okay. The kids are going to be okay. The grandkids are going to be okay. 
Not because of circumstances, but because of Jesus. His joy is in us. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And remember, he is joyful. I think it is a sin to make our faith a joyless experience. And we pastors, I mean, I think sometimes we got to wake up. We can be some of the worst. And, we're just, and you know, I mean, I think they mean well. I, like I told you, I've, I, I've told you before, I grew up in Pentecostal churches, okay? And, you know, I, I knew some pastors with really good humor and others not so much, but we, we were serious about doing business with God. And it wasn't funny. And I believe there are times when it is serious business and we are in the presence of the Lord. And it's not a time for goofing off or, or joking around. Or, I, I totally get that. But I just remember pastors who would, in a, in a, I think, a misguided attempt to make people take things seriously, who couldn't find any room for joy in the midst of the gospel. And as you got to know them personally, it felt like there was a lot of urgency, a lot of seriousness, but maybe not so much joy. I think that's a mistake. I think we're covering up one of the greatest tools and gifts of our faith. Do you understand joy is contagious? It really is. Coronavirus ain't the only thing that's contagious. Joy is contagious, and it is. It just spreads. When one person says, starts to make the decision, I'm going to live a life of joy, and I'm going to try to share that with as many people as possible, it just starts to percolate. And I love people who are contagious in joy like that. Meet Lana's parents, Rick and Linda Marcatel, and they're people of joy, and it's just, you hang around them. And I've got to tell you, there are people all over this fellowship just like that. People who I just, I love hanging around because no matter what's happening, there's this sense of joy the sense of life. That's a good thing. It's a gift. It's contagious. Found in connection, first with him, but also with others. You know, notice Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, plural. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this special Christmas message, which is available right now at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reachingforreallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to this special Christmas message. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. We talked last week about church's family, and some of us said, yeah, I, I like the Father. I'm not so sure I want all the br- brothers and sisters. Okay? It doesn't work that way. 
Paul in first uh, Philippians one. Uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. See, we're supposed to help each other in our joy. So I want to ask you, if joy is found in connection, how's your joy doing? And if it's struggling, how's your connection First with Jesus, but also with the body. I want to encourage you, cultivate the connection. Cultivate the connection. You go, how do I do that? There's a couple ways. One, unplug. Unplug. We're so plugged in with our technology, with our other things. It's like we can't leave work. We're always plugged in. Unplug. And this is a no elbow zone. Stop elbowing. I know it's probably already happened. If my wife could be standing here with me right now, she'd elbow me. You're like, what? You're preaching this and you sometimes struggle unplugging? Yes, I do. But when I do, when I unplug, because I'll tell you what, you can trace it. I, I can trace it. When I'm like, oh, this is, and I'm just annoyed. Why? No, nothing's happened. Nothing's particularly going wrong. And then I realize, oh, I've just spent an hour and a half reading news sites. Then I went to the brain trust that we call Twitter and just spent some time there to really lift up my eyes and my attitude. You, you, you want to cultivate the connection? Unplug and spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time with Jesus. It, it, you know, it, you can read a passage of Scripture and then take a walk and meditate. Just think about it. Think about it. Chew on it. Talk to him about it. Lord, this part was, I found that interesting. Lord, talk to me about that. S- something happens when you connect with him. So unplug spend time with Jesus, and then learn to kind of look back and recall his goodness to you before. Do you realize we can even do that in 2010? I don't want to talk too much about that because I'm going to talk about that in a couple weeks. But we can look back in 2010 and it's like, oh, wait a minute, you mean Jesus was there? No, this is the worst year ever. Well, if you stop and look back, you'll find, yeah, there were some hard things. I'm not, I'm not in any denial over that. This has been challenging. But man, as I look back, Jesus, you were here and you did this and it was awesome. Jesus, I met this person who I might not have ever met in a different kind of time. Jesus, you provided this. Lord, you taught us to do this differently. And, that's, and, and you begin to see, oh, he's been working. You know, there's an old song that we sang and we can't sing anymore because it's just way too hokey, Okay. The lyrics are really good. Count your blessings, name them one by one. But the song is far too hokey. We would die of hokedom, okay? So I just want you, <laughs> some of you are sitting back there going, I love that song. <laughs> then you sing it at home. No, it's great. I grew up singing it in church as a kid. And if, I, if it comes on now, I'll, I'll, it's like involuntary. I'll start tapping my foot. Because the message is so important and so right. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Don't take a shortcut on that. Well, yes, we're blessed. No, actually stop and say, God has blessed me with this. God blessed us with this relationship. God has given us this. God has preserved us in the midst of this. God has done done things that we couldn't imagine how he could do it. And start naming those things. And watch and see if all of a sudden a little spark of joy doesn't start to kind of rise inside of you. As you begin to connect and let him minister to you and let his joy fill you. Joy is found in connection, not circumstance. 
The secret to finding my joy is letting him fill me with his. Second, joy is found in obedience. You're like, oh, that just took a salt. That took, took a turn there, Sean. What was that? Joy's found in obedience. What's funny is we listen, hear that word. I'm going to talk to you this morning about obedience. And, ooh, uh, we think of hard obedience. I want you to know that is not the way Jesus presented this in John 15. It's not. He didn't present it like that. Look, look at what he said, verses 9 and 10. He sets it up with this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And then he says this. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide, and abide in his love. You understand, this is about love. This call to obedience is a call to the love and the protection and the grace and the direction of God our Father. There's a connection between obedience and joy. The psalmist wrote this, Psalm 19.8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Joy to the heart, lights to the eyes. You know what that means? With a joyful heart, you are illuminated. It's talking about vision. That's talking about direction in life. See, obedience is, we say, I just want to know God's will. Why? So you can blow him off? I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody has ever said that. I want to know God's will so I can ignore him. But understand, when you say, I want to know God's will, what that means is I'm going to obey God's will. Because you fundamentally, intuitively understand God is good, he loves me, and he's calling me to something. That doesn't mean obedience is easy. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying obedience is easy, but it is always a path to what God has for us, and therefore obedience is really good. <clears throat> the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1.7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Why? And he tells us that you may be successful wherever you go. Would you like some of that? I want to be successful wherever I go. Well, the, the answer is obedience. But sometimes obedience is hard. Uh-huh. Sometimes obedience might lead me on a path of suffering. Yep, that's true. But the Lord promises to be there. And so that, even though it may be the path of hardship or suffering for a time, it is the path of his direction and his blessing. Jesus actually said in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. I think there are four very powerful results of obedience. There's probably more, but I just want to give you four real quickly this morning. If you're taking notes, you might want to jot these down. First of all, obedience leads to a life of purpose. One of the hardest things for us to deal with is a life of purposelessness, just, just wandering. You know, just go to work to pay the bills so I can get to the weekend, no purpose, and then just go do it again. God didn't create us for that. He created us for purpose. Obedience leads to a life of purpose. Second thing, obedience, obedience is where truth comes to life. Obedience is where truth comes to life. Now, this is a really good one, and I want you to hear this. So many people, we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we know the truth. But Jesus said there's two parts of that. You will know the truth and what? The truth will set you free. I want to suggest there's a, whole new, there's a whole new part of truth that happens when you are set free by the truth. It is possible to sit and study the word, to know the Bible verses, to know the truth, never do anything about it, and all you'll ever do is just know the truth. And that is a very sad place to be. 
that can be very frustrating. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. I think when we walk in obedience to the truth God has given, it's as though all of a sudden we take a step, and it's like we go through a veil and we see the other side. And all of a sudden that same truth is absolutely true and accurate, but because we lived it, now all kinds of other truths are made available to us as well because we walked the truth out. And we now understand it differently. We've seen it from a different place because we've lived it. We've seen him in it. And it's powerful. Obedience is where truth comes to life. A third thing, obedience teaches me to trust him. It does because obedience can be hard. My flesh, the world, people around me, they're all saying, you need to take this fork. And God says, no, no, I want you to take this. I want you to go this way. Yeah, but God, that looks like I could lose my job over that. God, that looks like I won't be able to take care of my family. That looks like I'm going to really alienate some people if I obey you in that. And God says, trust me. Trust me. And then when I take that step, and all of a sudden I see he was already there, and I watch him bear fruit, and I watch relationships happen that wouldn't have happened. I watch things happen. And maybe some relationships here that needed to be changed are changed. But I see the good fruit, and what happens is now I have my faith has grown. Because next time when I come to one of those, it's a little easier to take this up because my faith has been built by obedience. Obedience teaches me to trust him. It's powerful. You, I don't think you can ever learn to truly trust the Lord without walking the path of obedience. And last thing, and I just believe this, obedience puts me in the path of his blessing. Puts me in the path of his blessing. And like I said a minute ago, it doesn't mean it might not be suffering, might not be hardship, but I'm telling you, it is always the blessing of the Lord. Even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of trial. Remember, this is a loving father saying, you want to walk in my love? Well, follow me in obedience. So a second question, if you're struggling with a lack of joy, are you walking in obedience? How's that going? Is there something that God has told you to do like if you and I were sitting out at coffee and I said, hey, is there anything you think God has told you to do? And you were really honest with me? What would you say? And then, because my next question would be, what are you doing about that? How's it going? Well, I'm afraid. Well, I'm, I, and all I could tell you is, dude, if, if that's what God told you to do, you have to do it. Yeah, but I don't know how this, I don't know either. You're right. We don't know. But we're not the ones who told you to do it. God did. Do what he said. See what happens. Trust him. The secret to finding my joy is letting him fill me with his in obedience. Obedience is one of the ways he does that. Third thing, I'll close with this. The first joy is found in fruitfulness. Remember what he said in verse 8? This is my, how my Father's glorified, that we bear fruit. Remember, we're connected. We're walking in obedience, and good fruit is the result. And fruitfulness brings joy. Nobody wants barrenness. Think about it. You don't want barrenness in your spiritual life. You want to be dry? You want to feel like you're praying and your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling? Nobody wants that. How about your relationships? You don't want to be barren in your relationships or your life's purpose or your provision. God wants you to bear much fruit, and in that is joy. Joy is found in fruitfulness, and it is his desire as we abide in him. The secret to finding my joy is letting him fill me with his. Remember this, happiness or circumstantial joy versus real joy. Happiness is a visitor. Joy 
takes up residence. Happiness is often shallow. You ever notice that? Joy always runs deep. Happiness is frustratingly fragile. Oh, I can be happy as can be. This thing's went great. And oh, crash and burn. Well, it was great for a while. Joy didn't work like that. Joy is dependably durable. Happiness is a victim of circumstances. Joy is a victory of the Spirit. And our joy is in Christ. That's the gospel. To believers experiencing exile and persecution, Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 1, 8, 9. Listen, they were in exile. They were experiencing hard persecution. And he had talked about it before these verses. And then he says, though you have not seen him, referring to the Lord, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, listen, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your soul. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full Christmas message on joy, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us a note that this program has blessed you or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Give tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotoma Park next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.